Well, hello, and welcome to the Rambling Gator Podcast. This is the podcast where I ramble about life lessons learned through our real life stories. I'm Mike, your host, also known as Old Gator, and I thank you for joining me. Well, pull up a chair and make yourself comfortable here on the front porch because we're getting ready to ramble a while. Well, hello, kind listener, and welcome back to the porch with the old gator. Today, I think I'd like to relate to you an old story of meeting one of my childhood heroes and the experience of having others meet him as well. I hope you enjoy this one. My phone rang, startling me from a binge study session. I welcomed distraction. College algebra was not easy, and the more I stared at those equations, Man, the more my head hurt. I reached over and picked up the receiver to hear an excited friend on the other end of the line. Yo, Mike. It was my best friend, Howard, and man, did he sound thrilled. He blurted, dude, wrestling legend Ivan Koloff is at the Walmart right now. Ivan Koloff? I gasped in reply. The skin tingled instantly upon hearing the name. You mean the Ivan Koloff? My words fell from my mouth as if I'd just been struck by a hickory switch. It was a childish yelp from receiving great news versus getting a good lick laid on my hindquarters. Ivan Koloff? Here? In Greenville? Yeah, Howard said, his glee completely transparent as he related the details to me. He's there signing autographs. Koloff is just sitting at this table near the entrance. Nobody was around him. Probably would be there until the place closes. If anybody needs to notice, I know you need to know, friend. I'm going to call Stan and tell him, too. Few people realize the importance of Ivan Koloff except the chosen few pro-wrestling disciples, like Howard, Stan, and me. After saying our quick goodbyes, I hung up the phone. My hands were shaking. So this is what folks experience when they have but one chance to meet one of their heroes, I surmised. I wheeled around to Melissa. I started to speak, but paused. What am I doing? I thought to myself. I'm acting like a little kid again. You know you don't need to go down there, I told myself. You need to study. And besides, it's almost time for dinner. Yet something, no, someone was pulling me away from the wonderful aromas of pork chops, macaroni and cheese, and green beans. The feeling beckoned me from the cool taste of sweet iced tea and the follow-on nap. The siren's call said, go to Walmart, and right now. With that, my college education and appetite were quickly pinned, the tag team submitting to the finishing move of the fulfillment of boyhood dreams. My screeching car tires left quite the mark in the fire zone of Walmart. I quickly locked the car door, begged Melissa to hurry, and raced to the main entrance. I could feel my hand tightly clutching my autograph book and pen. Come on, dear, I commanded Melissa as we approached the entrance. We're about to meet a living legend. I rolled into Walmart like the ultimate warrior back when he would run to the ring ready to issue another beatdown on an unsuspecting opponent. I wrestled my way past a few shoppers blocking the entrance and stiff-armed the gentleman greeter while he was in mid-welcome. I then made a quick scan of the area. And there he was sitting at a table mere 20 feet from me, Ivan Koloff. 
This is how I related on the phone. He was alone, just sitting there waiting to sign autographs. No one was around the table. No big crowds as I anticipated. Not a single soul in sight. It was only Koloff, flanked on his left and right by both younger and older females. Are these people crazy? I supposed. Here's their big chance to meet a living legend. The Ivan Koloff. Dead as if he isn't there, and he doesn't even exist. <laughs> Good for me, then, because I'm not letting my chance to meet the man pass me by. And then it hit me. This was a Russian bear, one of the most dangerous men in wrestling. I decided quickly I'd better slow my roll. I trembled a little as I approached the table. What would I say? How would I dress the man I used to watch destroy wrestlers with a single look, I told myself. Questions that demanded immediate answers flooded my mind like a full ring of wrestlers for a battle royale. It was then Koloff looked my way and flashed a big, gnarly smile. See that smile? I told Melissa as I pointed his way. He smiled the same way as his opponents before he pulverized them or as he slowly ripped their heads off. She just rolled her eyes and pushed me forward. That's when my enthusiastic, enormous, rambling mouth thwarted my conservative brain. Ivan! I yelled. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Koloff, I said embarrassingly. Hello, how are you? Say what? No gruff Russian accent? I expected the brusque Russian sound that used to permeate our TV set on Saturday nights long past. I anticipated it, but instead I was greeted with a kinder, softer tone and a meaty hand extended in friendship. Was this his new ploy he used on his opponents before deploying the dreaded Russian sickle? I thought quickly. Man, my mind was racing. I took a breath, extended a hand, and met his, and said, The Russian bear, it is indeed a pleasure to meet you, sir. And then a waterfall of words came. I remember seeing you on TV when I was a kid. My granddad and I stayed up late on Saturday nights and watched you and countless other great wrestling stars. Man, if he was alive right now, he would give his right arm to stand where I'm standing. From Koloff this time came a sincere grin. How much are the pictures? Melissa asked nonchalantly. I nudged her. She should never dress Ivan Koloff in such a conversational tone. He might jump over that table and sickle her, or both of us, just for the hell of it. I felt a little sick inside. The pictures are $5, ma'am, Koloff answered. He then continued, The money raised goes to the Children's Miracle Network. Would you like to buy an autographed picture? I dug deep in the right pocket of my khaki shorts, only to find it empty. Damn, I mumbled, remembering I left my wallet at home. How could it have been so dumb? I stammered. I didn't bring my wallet with me, Mr. Koloff, but would you sign my autograph book, perhaps? I felt my face turning red from embarrassment at the follow-up request. The air stood on the back of my neck, and I turtled over after posing the question. My neck muscles tightened as I prepared to receive the fatal blow that Koloff used on countless victims past. Sure. What's your name? What? No sickle? Could I be so lucky? He didn't even lunge at me. It was all happening too fast for me. Uh, Mike? I squeaked. I watched with childlike awe as he inscribed my name and a few words into my autograph book. Would it be in Russian? I thought. To Mike, happiness forever, my friend, Ivan Koloff. He penned it, 
in perfect English. Mr. Koloff, I tell you, I started, if only my granddaddy could see you now, he... Again, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you, and thanks for the autograph. It certainly has been a dream come true. Thanks so much for your time. He extended his hand again and engulfed mine. Pleasure meeting you, Mike. Good luck to you, and God bless you. I wheeled away and headed for the exit, clutching my autograph book in my grasp as Melissa and I walked to the car. I felt overjoyed for being alive and thankful my head was still attached to my shoulders. Who in her lifetime gets to meet a living legend like Ivan Koloff? I was sure to be the envy of my family back home when I showed them the autograph and told the story of how I narrowly escaped decapitation by the Russian bear himself. I can say he tried at me, but I backed him down, that he was so scared he gave me the autograph to keep me at bay. No, that tale wouldn't hold water, I told myself. Even with the adrenaline flowing freely from such an experience, something still was missing. Something. No. Someone was telling me go back inside Walmart, back to Ivan Koloff. I tried to fight the feeling. Whatever was causing this was having a hard fight with my loudly growling stomach. How could I go and buy a picture, I pondered. I left all my money home. Dear, would you like to take a picture with him? Melissa asked. We could run home really quick, get some money, and I'll come back with you and take a picture too. She had said the magic words. I piloted my gray Hyundai Excel like a NASCAR driver navigating through cars on track. I zoomed out Arlington Boulevard past lower vehicles, zigzagging in and out of traffic, racing towards home. The memories started coming back to me, replacing the blurry roadway unfolding in front of me. The recollection now became brilliant flashes as I rode the time machine in my mind's eye. Vibrant images of wrestlers like Thunderbolt Patterson, Swede Hansen, Rip Hawk, Black Jack Mulligan, the big cat Ernie Ladd, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew of the Anderson Brothers, the Briscoe Brothers, Rufus R. Freight Train Jones, and yes, the Russian bear Ivan Koloff all filled the movie screen in my head. Suddenly, one image came into clear focus one of a late, hot Saturday night in June of 1974. It was 11.30 p.m. The fanfare for Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling squawked from the TV speaker of our wooden color television set. My granddaddy was in his favorite old brown cloth easy chair, Pepsi-Cola in his right hand. I was laying on a pillow on the beige, high-shag carpeted floor. The rest of the trailer home was dark, save for one little lamp light and the light of the TV screen. I trained my eyes on the television screen as the cameraman performed a slow pan of the crowd sitting in one big black set of bleachers. The squared circle took up most of the foreground, followed by the crowd. There in the background hung the banner of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. The solemn voice of announcer Bob Cottle addressed Granddaddy and me, and the scene faded from the crowd to a close-up of the announcer's aged face. Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to another exciting edition of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Bob Cottle and Dave Crockett with you again, and tonight we have an hour and a half of exciting card of wrestling action for you. Look, Gramps is on! It's on! I yelled. Look at a minute, boy! He gruffed. Damn, I know it's on. Let me hear what he's saying. He leaned forward in his seat, straining to grasp Cottle's every word. Tonight we'll see the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Gene and Ole Anderson, in tag team action against Don Carnola and Johnny Weaver. 
We'll also have an interview with the new world heavyweight champion, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Sweet Hansen will be taking on the big chief, Wahoo McDaniel, in an Indian strap match. And as we promised tonight, we'll showcase the debut of the Russian bear, Ivan Koloff. We'll have all this and more right after a word from our sponsors. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Another commercial, I grumbled as the fanfare again flooded my ears. Let's get on with the action. What would you be, what? Granddaddy is. Russian bear fella supposed to be bad news. I hope they kill him in the ring tonight. I waited. As long as a six-year-old could wait. I too wanted to see the man from Siberia that all the wrestling fans were raving about. Man, I was anxious. My cousins had called from New York a week earlier telling us they had seen Koloff wrestle at Madison Square Garden and defeat the great Bruno San Martino. They said Koloff was brutal. They had a nasty move he called the Russian Sickle. I wanted to see him and it for myself now more than ever. Soon the program was well underway. After a couple of wrestling matches, more commercials, and Granddaddy down in two Pepsi Colas, the mood of the program in our little viewing room changed. Dark, ominous music oozed from the TV set, heralding the sinister arrival of Ivan Koloff to the ring. He was to wrestle some unknown. Based on all accounts, I had no doubt he would pulverize the man. I felt sorry for the fellow. Koloff filled our TV screen. He was indeed a bear of a man. Big, long, black, burly beard, wild hairs protruding from his chest, back and through his Farmer John wrestling tights. He looked like some deranged man-ape. I guess he was about six feet tall and just as wide as shoulders. I didn't hear the rest of the tale of the tape from the announcers. I just watched Koloff's every move, studying him, mesmerized. On the front of his tights, about belly level, was emblazoned the flag of the Soviet Union. A red and black Dracula skull cape with high black collar adorned his thick, muscular neck. The cape had an ankle-length train that ruffled and flowed as he stepped through the ropes into the black and red lit ring. He carried a Soviet Union flag in his right hand, sending home the point that he was a bad guy from a bad land. Chants of USA, USA rose from the partisan horde. I soon found myself chanting along with them until Granddaddy shushed me quickly. Dave, Bob said to his color-commentating sidekick, I have never seen a more vicious, ruthless-looking wrestler than this Ivan Koloff. Yeah, Bob, I sure do agree with you, Dave responded in a southern drawl. The Russian bear is a stout but quick wrestler, so this guy had better watch out. I'm told Koloff packs a wallop for the unsuspecting adversary. The rest of the color commentator's observations trailed away into the ether as I sat riveted on this Koloff character. I watched the way he took off his cape with this quiet confidence. I observed the way he kissed the Soviet flag with a warrior-like reverence and placed it in the left turnbuckle corner. His opponent turned to the far right turnbuckle, placed his hands on it, and performed a deep knee stretch. And then without warning, Koloff dashed across the expanse, delivering a hammer hand to the victim's back. The wrestler with no name fell to the mat, writhing in pain. The bell sounded, signaling the official star of the match. You ought to kill him, boy! You ought to kill him! Granddaddy bellowed to the man with no name. He shook Pepsi from his can onto me and a shag carpet as he leaned forward in his chair. You ought to kill that old communist bastard! I watched intently as a zoom shot of Koloff gritting his teeth now covered the screen. The no-name opponent grimaced as the Russian bear held the man's head viced in his hairy bicep. Koloff was twisting the man's head clean off. I looked again at Granddaddy leaning forward in his chair and waited. 
The familiar thump of a body hitting canvas and plywood careened from the TV speaker, synchronized with the familiar granddaddy knee jerk and foot stomp. I then turned back to the TV just in time to see Koloff scoop the opponent's limp body from the mat. He whipped his prey violently into the cable ropes. Koloff dashed through the opposite ropes, allowing the spring to recoil him back towards the man with no name. He raised his right arm, contorting it to a hook, meeting his quarry at neck level. Ooh, and there goes a Russian sickle! Bob Cottle shrieked. The pin in one, two, three, and it's an easy win for the Russian bear, Ivan Koloff. The opponent with no name lay on the mat, lifeless, as Koloff walked around him, hairy muscled arms raised in victory. The referee then raised Koloff's hand, which he quickly stashed away and lunged at the small man. The ref dashed for the nearest exit, sliding quickly beneath the bottom rope to the safety of the floor below. Koloff went back and stood over the crumpled carcass of his opponent raised his hand to heaven, and absorbed the chorus of boos and hisses from the fans. Me? I was impressed. Kind of like Ivan Koloff. Quick. Brutal. Evil. For months and years after, almost every Saturday night, my granddad and I watched the Russian bear wrestle. We kept up with his feud matches against Paul Jones, Jimmy Boogie Wiggy Man Valiant, and other worthy but equally defeated opponents. Koloff soon built the ultimate tag team with his nephew, Nikita Koloff, whom the promoters said he brought over from Lithuania. A few weeks later, he went back to Russia again to get his nephew, Crusher Khrushchev. The Russian bear then became wrestler manager of the Russians, one of the toughest tag teams in wrestling. Then one day, I guess Ivan and Nikita decided that Crusher couldn't handle the pressure anymore. He was losing matches. Costing him victories. In Koloff's eyes, Khrushchev was a disgrace to the motherland. Shortly after that announcement by Ivan Koloff on national TV, the Koloffs pummeled Khrushchev to the dust. He was never heard from again. Soon summer days filled with sun and fun gave way to fall days filled with school and fall chores. School afternoons would find my brother and me out in the yard practicing the moves of Ivan Koloff and other wrestlers a bed of leaves serving as a natural wrestling mat. I wanted to be Ivan Koloff. Not because Koloff was a Russian. That would have been blasphemy in the 70s. But because I saw Koloff was a winner. Once I tried a much slower version of the Russell Sickle on my brother and still hurt him. And not long after the incident, my behind hurt too. For what seemed like forever. Cumberland County Memorial Arena was my first opportunity to see Koloff live. Up close, in action. I remember my dad, granddaddy, brother and I left a whole hour early just to beat the traffic on Owen Drive, a road cramped with other wrestling fans heading to the spectacle. We arrived at the arena's back gate entrance near the highway patrol station. I looked out of the window and saw in the dim sunshine the big chief, Wahoo McDaniel, get out of his car and enter the arena through a side entrance. I nearly ripped my brother's head off trying to point him in the direction where the wrestle disappeared. He didn't seem to care. And then neither did I. Koloff was fighting tonight, and that's all that mattered to me. It was a bloody match between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Ivan Koloff. We could see it quite well from our second row ringside seats. Just as the match was nearing its climax, Ricky Steamboat moved to the top right turnbuckle, preparing to do a splash on Koloff lying on the canvas below. Get up, Koloff! Get up! I yelled amongst the fans, cheering, USA! USA! He must have heard me, 
for he quickly rose and wheeled around to face Steamboat as he jumped off the top rope at him. Koloff quickly produced a foreign object, striking Steamboat in the ribs and doubling him over as he landed hard on the mat. Then with a newfound strength, the Russian bear ran into the ropes opposite Steamboat as he started to rise from the mat, then back towards him with arm extended. The Russian sickle was exacting, causing Steamboat to turn to flip and crash again on the mat, knocking him unconscious. A quick pin and the Russian bear was once again victorious, or so we thought. The referee observed the object in Koloff's grasp and quickly disqualified him. I was mad at the result and threw my popcorn box toward the ring in blatant defiance of the referee's decision. Elementary school days drifted into junior high and then high school. My granddaddy passed away in 1987. After that, I gradually stopped watching wrestling. I stopped going to the matches when they came to town. More important matters like popularity in girls had taken priority. I would turn on wrestling briefly to see some of the new wrestlers, but that was all. To me, Ivan Koloff, like my granddaddy, was gone somewhere far away, leaving the younger wrestlers now to dominate the scene. I then went to the university, where my boyhood wrestling heroes were dragged in the mud by scholars and professors who alleged wrestling was a farce. They told me it was all smoke and mirrors. Guess they never met a wrestler like Wahoo McDaniel, who was fined $25,000 for chopping a guy at a bar because that guy, in drunken stupor, mind you, I told the big chief wrestling was fake. I also recall a newspaper article about two kids who put their mother in the hospital when they wanted to see how the sleeper hole worked and used her as a guinea pig. But those educated nitwits had told me wrestling was phony. They were sure of it. After that, I could never watch wrestling with child's eyes again. The memories faded to black suddenly. Something, no... Someone compelled me to go back and take a picture with the living legend. I hurried back to the Walmart, hoping Koloff would still be there. I once again hit my way past the slower shoppers entering the store and stiff-armed the elderly greeter, but he was prepared this time and received only a glancing blow. There sat the Russian bear, smiling gently at me as I approached. I glanced at the many scars on his forehead. I noticed the knee brace now. I examined his arthritic hands. The wars in the ring were real to me and had taken their toll on this silent warrior of the squared circle. I asked myself, how could it all have been fake? It was impossible. I brought ten dollars, I said. Can I take a picture with you and have you autograph one of your color pictures for me, please? Olaf flashed a wise smile. As I stood next to the Russian bear, he embraced me in a gentle Ben bear hug. Now a dream of mine was really coming true. I thought for a moment as they set up the camera how wrestling had changed from the bloody battles in the squared circle to dancing near misses and faint hits all for effect. I thought about how it mutated from heroes and legends to song singers, dancers, and actors with a high-tech finish. I thought about how the sport had transformed into wrestling entertainment, a true business if there ever was one. You know, watching the time when men showed up, showed out, washed up and car caravan to the next town to do it all over again, nearly 300 days a year. But now wrestling had become a business that thrived on selling t-shirts, figurines, and even ice cream with a wrestler's face on it. But when I stood there embraced by Ivan Koloff and he told me, say cottage cheese, it was real. 
as genuine as anything in this world. Yes, wrestling and the legend in it were still real to me, even if but for that fleeting moment. Olaf and I talked a while longer as I lingered around the table waiting for the picture to develop. I told Koloff of all his matches I could remember. He remembered them all, too, with the same fondness and joy that I took in relating them. I told him how my granddaddy changed his mind about whether he liked Koloff or not about as often as wind blew. I, however, had remained the faithful one all those years. He chuckled as he thanked me. The gruff exterior Koloff wore was now replaced with a caring coat of Christianity, a faith that illuminated him and saved him. The Russian bear then took the pictures into his huge, hairy hands and autographed them, then handed him one to me as we shook hands. I looked at the picture with a fond reverence and then blinked. For a moment, I thought I saw three people in the photograph. Well, there was Koloff, and there I was, but also the faint image of my granddaddy standing beside us, and he was smiling wide. Yes, something. No, someone wanted me to go meet Ivan Koloff. And you knew I got to meet him as well. And in that moment, both my heroes were once again made real to me. You know, I wrote this story back in the 90s um, for a publication called Expressions, which was a black publication uh, magazine that we did at East Carolina University. And when I originally wrote the story, right, it was it was not too far off from what you just heard. Um, maybe a couple of things that changed along the way for the audio content, but it, it was um it was an amazing time to meet uh, a wrestling legend in Ivan Golov. Um, one of many that I enjoyed, and one we'll talk about in um an off episode when my brother and I get on and talk a little bit about the after show stuff and our wrestling memories, and that's to come here very soon. That day. When I got to meet Ivan Koloff there in person, and you, you heard in the story too, the ex childhood excitement, the memories that came with it, I think were probably the more impactful to me. Um, as I was riding, racing, I should say, <laughs> back home to get my wallet and racing back to the Walmart there to, to um, pay and spend that time with Ivan Koloff. Uh, it was just amazing to me to be able to stand there and have a chat with him. And, and there's a lot in, in there that I didn't relate to because we actually stayed for quite a while. Uh, and spent uh, quite a bit of time with, with Mr. Koloff after it was over, just talking about different things and more talking about his faith. What most folks don't know in the wrestling industry, it is, it is a true business and it's an impactful business, as many of you know. All these, these folks who choose that profession, you know, the performers and, and the work that they do, they're truly one, they're athletes and truly they're getting their butt handed to them, you know, 300 days a year, if not more. And as they got older, as you can well see and, and do your research, you know, they've suffered their injuries and, and heartache and misery and all these other things, too, and have turned to different things to help ease the pain. You know, a lot of them had turned to um, alcohol and drugs in a lot of cases. And that was the case, too, with, with Mr. Koloff. But then he found a different way to help get through uh, that journey, and that journey became his journey of faith. And we talked a lot about that, too. And I won't relate that here because that was, that was more personal, but what an amazing testimony. I'll say that. And true to the, the point when he handed me the picture, just there for a moment, you know, for folks that believe in the very thin veil that separates us from our ancestors, there my granddaddy stood in that picture. 
And uh, it was um, it was a shock first, but also quite amazing to be able to wash away for a moment what all the pundits and naysayers and folks were saying about this thing we call wrestling, right? To be able to relate in a different way. It was as real to me as anything else, right? As a child of six years old and then growing up and watching it and going and seeing these guys perform on school nights uh, down in the arena to go see them go do what they do. And that was to entertain. It was really much like a Shakespearean play in a lot of cases, right? The old theater around where you sat in the open air and or in the Colosseum in you know, the days of the Romans. And, and here these warriors did their thing day in, day out, night in, night out. Come in, knock it out, wash up, hop on the road and go do it again. The traveling circus that is this thing we call wrestling or now called uh, wrestling entertainment. I don't know what they call it now. But it was real to me. And in that time and spending that time with Koloff was really something special. He passed away not too long ago. Um, God rest his soul. And I'm sure that he and granddaddy have had some very interesting conversations <laughs> about, about the Russian, right? The Russian bear and, and the character that he was. Um, but many people, I guess, unless you knew him very closely or read stories, didn't know of the man uh, that was Ivan Koloff, such a, an amazingly gentle, amazing person. Right. Uh, when you got to spend time with him and talk with him and just really open uh, with the stories he told and related to Melissa and me on that day. I'll never forget it. I hope when my time is done here that I get to meet him. I just hope that um, I don't get to sickle <laughs> when it comes up that time. But I don't think that'll be the case. If anything, it'll be another one of those uh, big bearish handshakes and big gruff hugs and us having one hell of a time upstairs. So to you, my friend, Russian Bear, I really appreciate the opportunity, as I'm sure countless fans of yours appreciated you for what you did here to provide us, if but for that moment in time, a break from the norm, an opportunity to look at things through a different lens. Uh, you're one hell of a performer, and thank you for that. Hey, kind listener. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Ramligator Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to or follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also send me an email to theramblingator.com and follow show discussions at theramblingator.com. And wherever you're listening to this great big old world, I hope you and yours remain happy and healthy. Always glad to host you here on the porch, so stop on by anytime. For the Ramblingator Podcast, this is Old Gator saying so long for now.